and this part is seared forever in my memory what happened next he he looks at me and he leans back in his chair and he points at me while he's squinting so picture this big guy beard squinty eyed pointing at me this cocky little 20 something and he says to me you know what your problem is you think you know everything but you don't know sh what is up, Data Fam? I'm Matt Bratton, 16-year analytics career professional with 12 years of leadership under my belt. It feels like only yesterday I was a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed new hire without a clue in the world, but now I'm building teams as an executive in the space, and it feels like I'm just getting started. So if you're looking to get in, move up, or make an impact in the field of analytics, you are in the right place, so stick around. This is the Daily Analyst Podcast. Yo, 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 this is me, Maddie B, coming at you with episode number one of the Daily Analyst Podcast. And just so you know, the people who know me think that I am absolutely insane to be starting a podcast right now because it's just one more project for me to add, yet I am insistent. I am insistent that this actually makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. And here's how I figured that. So during COVID, all of my typical engagements with guest speaking, guest lecturing, running workshops, all those things just dried up, right? Yet I was sitting on so much content that I thought, what the heck? Let's start a little side business where I can organize all of my most popular lessons. And here I am just a couple of years later and TMB Analytics is going strong. I've got tons of students working through my analytics and Excel training programs and I'm having an absolute blast with all of it. So this, this podcast here is really just an extension of all of that and an opportunity for me to provide a new medium to get some of my content out there because hell I listen to podcasts all the time when I'm driving or doing dishes and so what's wrong with another podcast right what could possibly go wrong <laughs> all right today for the first episode what I wanted to do is start at the start I just want to share a little bit about what it was like landing my first job out of college in analytics and from there, I want to draw some parallels between my experiences way back when and what I'm seeing these days now as LinkedIn is booming, building a personal brand is a thing, and so on and so forth. So that's going to lead into me giving a little bit of guidance on three things that you absolutely must check off your list if you're on the job hunt. But before I dive in to that, and because I don't have any sponsors, I'd just like to say, if you are interested in getting into the field of analytics, you can learn more about my analytics career access program at tmbanalytics.com slash ACA dash podcast should be a link in the summary, but enough about that. Let's get down to business. So for the longest time, I thought that I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I went through a little bit of phases where when I was young, I had all the adults around me telling me, oh, you're good with money and numbers. You should be an accountant. And not knowing what an accountant did, I took that as, okay, sure, I'll be an accountant. I, I still still remember uh, in eighth grade, I got student of the month. It's like, who, who didn't? But it was my turn. I got student of the month and I'm in this auditorium receiving this award and they read a little blurb about each of the students and when they, they read my name, I stand up there, and as I'm holding up my, my certificate and smiling widely, the, the MC of the event says, you know, this is Matt, and he's, he's this and that, and he wants to be an accountant when he grows up. 
and the audible gasps in the room i they are seared forever in my mind like the adults watching were just like what what typical eighth grader wants to be an accountant when they grow up right it didn't mean anything to me but that was my first clue that maybe just maybe this field is for people who are cut from a different cloth than myself but i persisted thought that i wanted to be an accountant up until the point that i got into college and learned just what an accountant does and while i respect the hell out of accountants i co-founded a cpa firm myself um, CPAs are awesome. Accountants are rock stars. It is a different field, 100% than what I actually wanted to do and what my strengths were. So I'm glad that I got that figured out early on in my college career. And what I did was a very slight pivot into finance. Now, if I could go back in time, I may have actually encouraged myself to get that degree in accounting because, man, accounting is the language of business. I've made arguments more recently that analytics is actually the language of business, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Accounting is the reigning king as far as the language of business is concerned, right? You, If you want to understand business, you have to understand the numbers, and the numbers that matter are dollars. That is why the understanding of accounting, you don't have to understand GAAP, you don't have to understand accounting principles, you don't have to understand a lot of that stuff, but understanding how companies become profitable, what are the drivers of costs, what are the drivers of revenue, all of those things are paramount to understanding business. And if you don't understand business, you could be the coolest analyst in the world with all the the freshest tools and understanding of to doing all this stuff. It's not going to matter if you don't understand how your business runs or turns a profit. So Anyway, going back to my college experience, I realized that I did not want to do accounting, so I transitioned into finance because I thought that I wanted to be a stockbroker. That was my next obsession, thinking that, hey, I want to be someone who analyzes businesses. That's as much as I knew. And what I thought that a stockbroker did was analyze business and then make investment recommendations based on their understanding of what businesses are investment worthy. That is not what a stockbroker does. I didn't realize that until I got to the point that I actually did an internship at a brokerage. And I learned very quickly that stockbrokers are more like salespeople, right? They're relationship managers. They go out, they develop relationships, they build rapport. And then people with investable dollars will use those people to help strategize investment decision making they are not out there analyzing businesses and making recommendations i learned that that is that is a different role further so kind of frustrated after this internship experience i went and talked to the dean of the business school where my alma mater and his recommendation was hey you should look into commercial banking and his justification for that was look you're going to go in you're going to get exposure to accounting you're going to get uh, an understanding around risk and what it means for a bank to lend dollars to businesses. And that's a valuable experience in his mind. So that's what I ended up doing. That's that's ultimately the path that I went down. And he was right. He was very, very right. So my first role out of college was as a loan analyst or a credit analyst, depending on who you're asking. But 
in essence, the role was yes. It's there was there was elements of data entry. This was remember this is two thousand and four. Okay, analytics while analytics existed in some form or fashion it was not a career path like there was no option at my undergrad to study analytics that didn't come until much later so finance was the closest thing and this specific field was what i learned uh, the closest thing to what i was describing that i wanted to do so as I began the job search, what ended up happening was I got a very early lesson in the power of relationships. So I don't talk about it a whole lot. The first job that I got, technically, the very first job that I got out of college was with a, a local agricultural lending company that does only agriculture. And I got on board. I was, I was making $30,000 and uh, it was it was a different, I'll say, uh, culture or environment than what I was hoping to work in. And I had no idea what I was doing. And they didn't really seem to have a good plan for me. So after about seven months in that role, I wasn't doing a lot of finance. I wasn't doing a lot of analytics. I was kind of just sitting and aggregating documents was kind of what it was, even though I was a loan analyst. So I ended up having, granted, I decided through my internship that I did not want to be a stockbroker, but the relationships that I developed through that internship ended up being some that lasted till, I mean, even now, I, I would claim to have a good relationship with the people that I, I got to meet during that process. And I reached out to, to these people and let them know that, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm still not interested in, in doing this brokerage thing, but I really want to do this lending thing. And I'm just not sure that where I'm at is the right fit. Do you have any, do you have any connections for me or people that I should be talking to? And sure enough, I got a referral to a, to Citigroup, their commercial banking group, which is mid-market lending. And I got a warm introduction to an individual who just so happened to be looking for a new loan analyst. And that was exciting because Citigroup at the time was one of the biggest companies in the world. And it was uh, it was big <laughs> and it had a, a big brand. And it was a very exciting proposition that I could potentially go work for this company. So I got this referral and I called this guy. And he said, you know what, I'm, I'm looking for somebody. Can you come in? I'd like to, to interview you. So I said, great. I showed up for this interview. It was a loan analyst position. So basically a lateral from where I was to this, this new role. And I sit down in his office and we get to small talking, get the pleasantries out of the way. And he's, he's nice enough and he's got my resume and he looks and he's like, oh, wow, you were... You were the top graduate in the Department of Finance. That's great. Uh, you you got the the medal for for that. Uh, you had summa cum laude. Great, nice, great GPA. Very cool. Okay, so so this interview should be really easy for you. He starts in with these this weird tone, if you will, and I I kind of I wasn't I wasn't suspicious. I just thought he was being nice and flattering. 
Um, I didn't think much of it. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, you you must understand this finance stuff real well. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Me being cocky little 20, early 20-something, 20 fresh graduate, thinks I know it all because I just, you know, mastered the the art of school. And uh, he says, oh, yeah, so, it, so if I asked you some questions, I'm sure these would be easy for you. But for example, you know, what... Can you tell me what the current ratio is? So, for the, if you're if you're listening and you're not sure what that is, uh, it's it's a very it's probably the first ratio that someone learns as a finance major, right? It's current assets divided by current liabilities. So, of course, that was top of mind, and I go, oh yeah, 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 I, I know what the current ratio is. It's, you just take current assets divided by current liabilities. In my mind, thinking slam dunk scored big that's gonna that's gonna hit the mark and i'll i'll never forget this guy he's big guy uh very kind of intimidating but he wasn't up until that point um but i just his presence suddenly in the the silence that permeated the room after i made my little little spiel oh just do this versus this and he just he's looking at me like he's expecting more, and I don't know what more to give him. So then he breaks the silence and says to me, right, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking what is the current ratio? And I'm kind of I'm kind of caught off guard. Like, what do you mean, what is it? What What is he asking me? So the, the wheels start turning in my head, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe he's just looking for more like a definition, not like a technical thing. Fine. Say, so, oh, it, it, it's a measure of liquidity, right? It, it tells you how liquid a, a company is. Silence again. He's just staring at me. He's kind of squinting. He's, he does not look particularly impressed with my answer. And this part is seared forever in my memory. What happened next? He, he looks at me, and he leans back in his chair, and he points at me. While he's squinting, so picture this big guy, beard, squinty-eyed, pointing at me, this cocky little uh, 20-something. And he says to me, you know what your problem is? You know what your problem is. That's what he said to me. And I just felt my stomach sinking, the blood rushing from my face. It was like an outer body, out, out of body experience. While I'm sitting here like, what is happening? I've never been, what what's going on? Like, this is a weird new sensation. I've never had somebody address me in this way. So what's going to happen? He says, you know what your problem is? You think you know everything, but you don't know shit. Silence. Dead air. While I'm effectively coming around mentally physically like what is happening like this guy just called me out said I don't know anything after I answered his question like what the heck I don't what does this guy want and so I I took that and I sat in it in the silence for a couple seconds and I remember kind of like looking down fidgeting with my hands and then I look up and I just say but I I want to learn I'm a fast learner. You know, I, I kind of pulled the card of like, if you, you look at my track record, you look at my GPA, you look at my success in education, 
I'm dedicated to learning. I'm a fast learner and I want to learn. And with that, he seemed moderately satisfied. Like he didn't look like he was happy, but he kind of cracked a smile and he stood up and he goes, come on. And he walks past me, opens up his door to his office. And he goes, I want you to meet, meet some more members of the team. And I just kind of sulked, stood up slowly in my mind thinking, why on earth would he want me to go talk to more people after just dressing me down like that? He just chopped me off at the knees. What on earth does he want from me? So I went in and I, I don't really remember what happened after that. I, I remember enough to say that I, I sat down in front of a couple of other individuals, like more senior loan officers. I think they asked me a, a series of questions. And then I walked out fully expecting that I did not get this job. I remember being really upset telling my my fiance at the time that you know I, I don't I don't think that that worked out. Um, but I'm gonna follow up and get feedback and see what happens. So I kept trying to call and my calls were going unanswered. Um, and then finally I, I get through. the guy answers the phone. And I'll, I'll also never forget this. I was out in the parking lot of my other job that I wasn't super happy with. And I caught him and he's like, hey, I'm at my, my kid's soccer game. But here's the deal. I want to make you an offer. And on the spot, he, he made me an offer, a verbal offer to come in and join them. So this was about two weeks later. And I got the job. So that was my first job. And it ended up being such a fantastic learning opportunity. And not only that... That interview, the fact that that conversation just blew me away, it gave me this reality check that I didn't even know that I needed right at the beginning of my career. The fact that I got that walking in the door, I I actually reached out to this individual and thanked him much, much later. I mean, this was probably in the last two years. So think <laughs> like 15 years later, thanked him for everything that he did for me that even he may not have realized at the time like I was a cocky little kid and I actually thought that I knew something but I didn't and what I learned on that in that role at that company at that time was just how much I needed to learn and needed to be open-minded and I started really getting into a lot of quotes so one quote that I like to throw around is uh it is impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. And that one really sticks to me. And I like to bring it up as often as is reasonable because it, you, you seriously, if you think you know everything, then you are not going to listen to anybody. And you are blocking tons of learning potential. So walking into that job already being humbled and then realizing very quickly that, man, these people are sharp. They know stuff that I don't. They're doing things that I've never seen. Yeah, life is a learning journey. In this field, in this career, not unlike other careers, but in especially in the field of analytics, you have to get used to the idea that you will not be the smartest person in every room you walk in. You have to be open-minded and recognize that you are working with stakeholders who are presumably experts in their field, right? They have expertise that you don't have. Your job is to be an expert of the data, to be an expert of your area that you are trying to allow data to be an advocate for them, 
for the business to make decisions, okay? I wouldn't have learned any of that. If I hadn't gotten checked in the gates, I would have come in thinking I knew something. I would probably have been a very painful coworker to work with. But that humility that I learned out the gates really helped me in being open-minded and learning and starting myself on this journey of always be learning, always be working to improve. There's always things that you can learn from other people. And it's because of that that I, I attribute a great deal of my, if you want to call it success in my career, starting right there, being humbled and then learning that you got to keep learning. The learning doesn't stop just because you graduated. That, that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Okay. Now, in the intro, I mentioned that I had three things that I think are absolutely critical if you are looking for a job, and I want to share those with you right now because I wanted to draw parallels between my experience. Like I said, it was it was all word of mouth and looking for referrals, and LinkedIn wasn't anything. It wasn't. It didn't exist when I started in this journey, and it wasn't until much later that it did, and I started capitalizing on it as soon as I could, as soon as I saw the potential in it, but that was several years into my career. So if you're looking for a role now, there's a couple things that you need to keep in mind, and this is, this is the three-part checklist. Number one, you need to know what you want. You need to know what you want. And this is this was demonstrated in my little little story here about I thought I wanted to be an accountant. And then I realized I was wrong. I thought I wanted to be a stockbroker. And then I realized I was wrong. It wasn't until I had got the experience and then I talked to the right people that I realized what it actually was that I wanted. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know what it was that was going to get me what I wanted. Does that make sense? It was that I thought that an accountant job would get me what I wanted, but then I realized what an accountant did was not congruent with what I wanted. So then I took what I wanted and projected it on a career path that was not in fact what it was. So then I talked to people who exposed to me the reality of what I was talking about and what I wanted, people with experience who understood careers and options and paths and roles And that's what opened the doors to me and led me to that first role where I got to do what I wanted to do. So that would be my first point is know what you want and please talk to people with more experience who see more of the field than you, have seen more roles and make sure that you're in alignment on what you want and what's available out there so that you can put a name to it, that you can put a target on it and you can go all in after that thing. Because if you don't know what you want, what's the what's the old, it's not Wizard of Oz, it's uh, Alice in Wonderland, the quote, I think it was the Cheshire Cat that said something, or maybe it was the Caterpillar. I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent. But you know, if, if you don't know where you're headed, any road will get you there, right? Know where you're headed, know what you want, and then that is thing number one. Thing number two, and this gets into the parallel discussion that I haven't really had yet, but use LinkedIn intelligently. So when I think back to getting that door open for me, it was because of the relationships I had developed. And those relationships earlier in my career were very limited, yet it still worked. It still opened the door. I only had a couple of contacts, but among those contacts, 
there were the appropriate connections that needed to be made. So think about this for yourself. LinkedIn, what it does is takes your networking ability and puts it on steroids. But, and this is the big but, I say use LinkedIn intelligently. And the reason I say that is intentional because most people do not use LinkedIn intelligently. They use it like a some sort of magical machine that you just kind of smack around and just play the numbers. That is, that is a not a good way to do it, <laughs> okay? If all you're doing is playing numbers, that means you're, you're basically cold calling, spamming people, and think about not just your odds of that working. You're putting in a lot of work, like reaching out to a lot of people, sending them probably generic messaging, not really knowing what you're wanting, versus if you are very targeted and you took the time to figure out what it is that you want and you have a compelling message, when you reach out to people, you're going to get much more traction. You're not going to bat a thousand, but you're going to get more traction. You're going to get farther, faster, and it's going to be more sincere, which is really where it's important. It's more important that you make real connections instead of these little quick and dirty pleasantry messages where you try to earn quick points and then ask for some sort of referral. That's not going to work. I'm telling you right now, it's going to do more harm than good. You need to be smart. You need to have an up-to-date profile. You need to have a clear value proposition as part of your profile. Ideally, if you've got a portfolio or other things, you want people to see your LinkedIn page as sort of like your landing page on the internet, right? If you're interested in a job, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to try to find you on LinkedIn and they're going to check out your profile, right? Make sure that it looks good. And then when you're reaching out, that you're doing so in a way that you would feel comfortable doing if you were at an in-person networking event. You don't just walk up to people at random and go, hi, I'm so-and-so. Can you give me a referral? Wink, wink. It doesn't work that way. No, you go in, you shake hands, you go, hey, what are you doing? Well, what, what do you, what do you do? Oh, that's cool. I do this thing. This is what I like to do. I went to school for that. Where'd you go to school? You have a conversation, you find some common ground, you get to talking. And then typically what happens is it's more organic in nature. Like, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking right now. I'm kind of trying to do this thing. They may or may not have any connections for you, but if you take the time to build that rapport, the likelihood that you are going to get any traction in that conversation is exponentially greater if you take that time. Try to build real connections. Use LinkedIn intelligently. That's point number two. Point number three, have consistent messaging. This one, this may come off as a little unexpected, and that's great. I like being unexpected. But one of the challenges, this kind of goes back to, it, it harkens of part one and two, right? Know what you want. Use LinkedIn intelligently. Both of those things are critical. So if you know what you want, then your profile should demonstrate why you're capable of doing that. Your resume should also be consistent and demonstrate why you have the experiences to back those things up. The types of content that you engage in, engage with. If you happen to be someone who posts or comments, all of it should be consistent. You shouldn't be posting on 
one person's thing talking about, oh, I'd love to do this, and another person's thing saying, oh, I'd love to do that, and have your profile have all sorts of crazy crap that you're working on that has nothing to do with this field that we're talking about. You need to be consistent. It's great to have lots of interests, but be intelligent about the way that you're using it and be consistent in your messaging. Otherwise, no one is going to take you seriously. And that's it. Those are my three. Know what you want, use LinkedIn intelligently, and have consistent messaging. So finally, the parallels here. This is kind of like wrapping everything up. Is When I started, there was no LinkedIn. I had to use my personal connections. Over time, LinkedIn showed up. And you started to, it started out really as sort of like just this online resume build. Everybody was super apprehensive about adding connections. It was like, I don't know this person. I'm not going to connect. And if it was sort of, it was sort of like the next best thing to exchanging business cards where you're talking to somebody and you go, oh yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Great. I'll look you up and we'll, we'll connect. That's kind of how it started, but it has totally changed in recent years where it is you got to build a presence. It's all about, I hate saying building a brand, but look, guys, we got to suck it up. Building a brand is part of reality at this point, especially in your career. So own it. Build your brand. You don't have to build somebody else's brand. If Just because the name or the, the, the verbiage here is off-putting to myself and you, maybe, about like building a brand, it sounds goofy. Build your brand. What are you all about? That's the part I think people project. They think immediately about like uh, content creators and and Instagram, uh, whatever you call them, influencers and that kind of crap. Just drop it, okay? Get over yourself. Build the brand that you would be proud to own and own it. Do it. Own it. Be it. Live it. And you're going to get much farther, much faster by doing that, Okay. So that's it. That's that's kind of how I wanted to kick things off. This is what it was like for me getting into the field. And then ultimately what led to that was just the connections I had made, the people that I talked to. I got into that first role. I it was I got exactly what I wanted out of it, right? I was told that I would get in and I would learn about managing risk and finding out what makes companies investment worthy and spreading financial statements and leveraging my accounting and financial skills. I did all those things. And I think that that as my entry point to the field was so valuable, so valuable. The skills that I developed in that role in those like three and a half years at the start of my career greatly enhanced my ability to then take on a financial analyst role after grad school where I was leveraging my finance background, leveraging the accounting skills that I had, leveraging the data skills that I had developed, and then really going deep on that in that financial analyst role and then further developing it as I progressed in my career, ultimately moving up to manager of analytics, director of analytics, senior director, now VP of analytics. And there's just so much to learn. There's so much to learn. It's such a great field. And I think that's how I wanted to end things today. So thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode of the Daily Analyst Podcast. I'm excited to have you here and I'm looking forward to episode number two. I hope you are too. Join me. It's coming up soon. Thanks for tuning in.